Greetings and welcome to 30 Minutes with Mark, the MJ Uemoto edition. I'm your host, Mark Ngotunye, and I'm going to be joined by MJ Uemoto. We're going to be talking about the hottest music that happened in the last week. Welcome. The biggest news from last week is the Grammys. We have seen mm-hmm. the nominations coming out and we have the usual faces that we had guests before. Uh, Barna Boy uh, is there with Love Damini. Angeli Kijo is there uh, with uh, Queen of mm-hmm. Sheba. And I think these were no-brainer that we are going to go into the global music uh, album category. But there were some few surprises there. Uh, Anushka Shankar also uh, made Hari Tan. Uh, she has been in this category several times now, but she didn't really win it. But she's back this year. And her album is really, really quite something because it is a mix of um, quite a nice orchestra the Metropole Orchestra from uh, Switzerland, if I'm not mistaken. And they really, 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 really did an amazing job on that uh, particular record. So she's mixing her sitar and um, a variety of um, uh, orchestra instruments. So it is quite a catchy arrangement, uh, if we call it that. And it's really, really beautiful. Uh, It sounds amazing. And we also have um, Queen of Sheba, of course, uh, that we talked about last time. But this is a project yeah. that uh, sees Angeli Kijo now fusing her music with jazz. And then we have our very, very nice and normal uh, Afrofusion project from Barnaboy, uh, Love Damini. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, that is not only, those are not the only uh, nominees. We have Shurat from the Berkeley Indian Ensemble. And we have Sakura from mm-hmm. Masa Takumi. This is Jap- a Japanese guy. So our limited time only allows for us to try and see where we are ranking the favorites. If you can tell me. Who are your favorites in this category this year? I think the favorite, Angelique Kijo, is always a favorite. If she's nominated, she is the favorite, in my opinion. So I would put her like, you know, uh, she's probably the favorite, followed by Burner Boy. Then Anushka Shankar, because once you've been nominated, you know, a couple of times or more, now your chances start to increase because your name is showing up regularly. So uh, I think Anushka Shankar could be the dark horse here. And then um, the, other, the other two, well, you know, they got a chance, but I don't know. For my take, right, um, it still is a very interesting dynamic to see every year because you have mm-hmm. two or three records that sound, you know, they give you that world music vibe. And then you have one record from a pop artist from Africa that slightly doesn't Mm -hmm. have all the elements that make it a global music. And so it stands out. So that to me this year is Love Damini. You know, you Mm -hmm. wouldn't really, I wouldn't really call it that. And 
it has been some time since uh, Burna Boy was nominated for the first time in the Grammys that his albums really are not categorically, if we may call it that, uh, world music. But then it is what it is. You know, and um, when you put it them uh, on the side, side by side, for example, with Queen of Sheba by Angelique Kijo, you could definitely see the difference, but appreciate them all the same, though. Uh, but there is a difference in these records and it shouldn't really uh, be something that is debatable. And most of the time, I think uh, maybe we need a very special category that will have artists really trying to compete on merit rather than every other factor because currently as it stands every record to me for these three has slightly an equal chance of um, winning depending now on mm-hmm. other factors that maybe may have nothing to do with the music possibly i think when you look at Love Damini. There's some interesting takeaways from there. First of all, Burna Boy teamed up with Grammy winners Lady Smith Black Mambazo. That's already a big call for this album. And I think this was this was a direct play for the Grammys by doing so. And it adds having them there adds almost that world music feel without adding it directly i don't know if that makes sense but also when you look at you know just uh the variation and uh the variety in collabos uh, on there too then from a positioning perspective that could play a part but i think you're right like uh it's very hard to i, I think it's hard to say you know out of all these albums here's the standout album I don't actually think there is a standout album which you're like, yeah, this one is definitely going to win. I think it's so it's so balanced that um, we could get a huge surprise this year. I 100% agree with you on that because it really is. Uh, and if we have to look by the history of it, the project that Anjali Kijo has done, Queen of Sheba with Ibrahim Malouf, this year sounds so much closer to what she did when she did Celia, which won, of course, a Grammy. And also Barnaboy mm-hmm. in Love Damini, he has also won a Grammy uh, with his other project. Now, this yeah. brings you that dynamic, which is which now? Because now I feel like Angeli Kijo is more competing now rather than just trying to let uh, these young guys just win this award as compared to for example when she was winning by the time african giant was nominated and she said you know it is it, it felt like she was giving up the mantle for the global community to now start recognizing this new set of new african artists that are coming but i feel with queen of sheba she is like you know what I still think I have it and I truly, truly have it and I can still compete in the global scale. So she is really in this one to win, if you ask me. I kind of feel like, you know, last year she was like, you know, I'm, I'm going to take a back seat, but it wasn't a back seat so that she's going to be out of contention forever. I also think we do have to look at it from the perspective of um, these albums 
these are just five albums that have been picked from I don't know how many in a global music category. And I don't even know if Africa is the loudest, but I almost feel like there's a bit of like, um, maybe this time around, Africa won't get what it thinks it will get. I really have that type of feeling. I don't know why. Yeah. Because this category over the last, I don't know how many years has been won by an African act. Yes. But then is it tokenism yeah. to do so? Or is there another representation of global music? And I really feel like this year, Africa might not get anything. And and now that you mentioned that particular fact, I just remembered that um, one of the albums that I listened to this year and I definitely thought it was falling under this particular category was Multitude by Stromae. Uh, we know Stromae had been out of music for almost nine years, but his album Multitude sounded so powerful, so beautiful, and it had really the taste of the global music in it, if you ask me. It was really going to, if it was going to be nominated in this particular category, I wouldn't really be placing it any other way or any other album next to it because it is so special listening to that particular album and the way that he was able to fuse all the global sounds in it. And it truly is a miss when... I didn't see this particular album being even nominated in even one category all over. And it was such a brilliant, brilliant album. Yeah, that guy's musicality is off the charts, man. He's ridiculously good. And, you know, the more I think about it, I don't know if he ever submitted, if he submitted it, you know. If he did and it didn't get on this, I'm disappointed, but I've got a feeling maybe he didn't even bother submitting it but yeah that to me if there was an album that i could put my hand up for i'd say that one probably would be a winner if it was a contender for sure so we also have another category the global music performance and in here a lot of people were surprised to see eddie kenzo uh nominated alongside matt b of course for their song give me love how do you find this particular nomination this particular category weird (laughs) <laughs> I'm happy for Eddie Kenzo, but it it was just the the weirdest nomination. I like I don't think anybody expected it. Maybe except Eddie Kenzo himself, because he was already filming it um when it was being announced and stuff. So maybe they 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 knew. But on the other hand, when I then started digging Matt B's profile, I realized like Matt B is uh, definitely uh, well regarded in those Grammy spaces. So he probably has experience and knows uh, what's needed to satisfy the criteria. So even maybe when making the song, he was going for something already. So from that perspective, it starts to make a lot more sense. But that was a weird one, man. Like nobody, nobody expected that. Nobody. Really, really, really like a crazy selection. And we also have uh, Aruj Aftab who won last year. And uh, mm-hmm. she is, or oh, she has a song uh, with uh, Anushka Shankar. I remember this song, I listened to it when it really like came out. It was a version that she did 
of a song I think that um, Anushka Shankar had done and she just gave it a flavor and it came out as those like Spotify songs if you know them like there is these um, yeah. like very very special sessions that um, uh, Spotify and it is here and last year Aruj won this particular category and she was facing uh, Essence by Wizkid and Thames which is arguably one of the biggest songs last year and we yeah. have this year as well last last one of the biggest songs this year as well facing the same so she is there against the african giant how are you seeing this dynamic in this particular uh instance i'm gonna go with tried and tested and say aruj aftab and anushka shankar probably are gonna win this one but that's just me uh, and this is also about combining forces because both of them, like we said, Anushka Shankar has been nominated a few times and Aruj Aftab has won, you know. Uh, so I really see there's a, there's an opportunity here. But, but I've got a feeling of these two categories, if Africa wins one, then the other category is not going to go to Africa. I hear you. That's the kind of feeling that I'm that I'm getting. So, but I'm also gonna put. I really, really think, and you know, I love Burner Boy. You know, I was at his show this year. I really love the guy, but I actually think Last Last is the weakest song. Really, Last Last probably uh, together with Gimme Love are the weakest songs on this list. Yeah, for me when we, you really think that global music performance, I I do have to say Last Last has penetrated markets and stuff like that. I don't yeah. know what the criteria is for picking these songs, but um, yeah, just from a musicality perspective, I would also be worried about Walter Kellerman and Zeke Bantwini and Nongne Bozigode because Walter Kellerman has won a Grammy already. Yes. That dude knows his stuff. And and from a musicality perspective, it's a weird song, but weirdly nice. So I think the, there's a good chance there. So for me, I'd actually put, yeah, uh, between Aruj Aftab and Anushka Shankar and then Walter Kalam and Zex Bantwini and Nomlebo, I think between those two, that's where the winner is going to come from. I'm definitely going to say the record by Yethe by um, Nokebo and um, Walter, as well as Zex Bantwini. It stands out, really, when you ask me, because it plays it does, on a it very... Does. It felt... How do I put it? It felt like it was made for this particular category. Like it, they, when they were making this particular music, in as much as it, you know, like you make music out of vibes and whatever, I think when this one was being made, it was being made specifically for this particular category. Yeah, it's got something about it. it. It's hard to it's hard to say what exactly it is, but it's got something about it. And I feel like of all the songs there, um, as a standout record for sure, that one I'd put it as a standout record just from listening to it. Proper. Now let's move to another side, uh, leaving the Grammys alone, and hopefully. We are going to be back uh, on February to try and uh, see who has been the winner. Shoma Josie returned this last week with her song Toro 
after two years mm-hmm. of being silent. I remember this song when she came to Tanzania. It was a track that she did. And, um, you know, that journey from South Africa to TZ, she was recording some materials. And when she landed, she was dancing. And I think she sent it around to some few DJs, but it was not really the finished version. It took two years for it to come out. And the video, by the way, is extremely amazing. It's so beautiful. I I really just like, every time I I try to just go back and watch it. And I think there is a story behind there. Even the lyrics of the song, because it has been changed a little bit, sound some type of way. Have you been aware of anything that has been happening with Shoma Josie uh, in these last two years? Honestly, no. She just kind of went quiet. You know, when, when stuff like this happens, what I usually think about is maybe, just maybe, um, the artist is going through something because artists are human beings as well, right? And usually when you see this level of si- silence, especially after what she'd done, um, you know, with the whole John Cena craze, because that's a huge sort of career-defining song, among other songs that she was releasing at the time, usually when that happens, something is up, uh, personally. What, what it could be, I don't really know. But uh, if we're lucky, the music will, will give us some clues uh, sometime. But yeah, that's really what I think is the thing. And usually the music that comes out thereafter is going to be a reflection of whatever the artist was going through or the healing process. We've seen something similar with um, Shasha. She was quiet for for a while. Yeah. Then she comes back you know, with some singles and then now her album and stuff. And she did even say in interviews that you know she was going through some stuff. And I kind of feel like, uh, yeah, this is what you get with um, the industry and with artists. But I, I suspect that's the case. We also had a very nice time uh, exchanging uh, Ria Sean Love Station EP, which I think was amazingly good. Really good. And um, Wendy Shays, an album that you did a review of. And I think you had some a few words to say there about Enigma. I really enjoyed it. You know, I was so amazed that, you know, at the speed that everyone has been releasing music this year, of course, we, there's no really a good match uh, when it comes to female uh, musicians. But these two releases on the same time around and all from around Ghana really speaks uh, something to me about the quality of female musicians coming out of Ghana. Especially when we look at even like Molly as well. That's just, I think Ghana, the perfect melting pot for uh, a lot of female talent. And we've had this conversation actually like um, leveraging the local success per se uh, and translating it into international success. Barring artists such as um, Amare, who's fantastic and has, you know, penetrated that uh, international market as well as Molly, Molly songwriter for like some big acts um, on her own. So, so there's definitely a lot there. Wendy Shea's album, I thought uh, EP, I thought it was pretty good. Wendy Shea's had uh, an amazing year right now. Like she's having such a good musical year. It's crazy. You had a complaint about a certain track there. Oh, I, yes, yes. 
if you want me to say it, I'll say it. The song Ruthless on 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 her EP Enigma or her album, whatever you want to call it. The song Ruthless, I've got a huge problem with the chorus because it's basically like uh, she just took Rihanna's Be Better Get My Money and she just changed a word or two. And then she just, yeah, made it her own. And I don't see Rihanna credited on this. It was, this is Wendy Shea, man. She probably had one of the biggest songs out of Ghana this year, if not the biggest in Survivor. There's no need to be doing something like this. No need. She's got enough talent. And I can argue she's got enough time to come up with her own chorus, which is unique which can fit her style instead of like feeling like she's just, you know, ripped off Rihanna's um, uh, chorus and decided, yeah, yeah, I'm just going to use it at the level that she's operating at in the industry. That was a huge, 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 huge disappointment for me. Huge disappointment. All right. So I want us to drop to East first and then go to South uh, because there mm-hmm. has been something that I've wanted to talk to you about, and this is about Saudi Soul. I think for the past two weeks, it has just been there as part of my agenda, but I, I really couldn't find a spot to fit it. Guess what happened today? Uh, they announced a new song. This Friday. So I saw the cover art, which I thought was really nice. Yeah, it was really, really dope. And what I wanted to know from you, uh, MJ, is have you really come across this phenomena that, uh, you know, artists who are working like a band try to go out mm-hmm. their separate ways and create music independently and then come back as a band? Because I think this, to me, is the first one seeing it from Saudi Soul. And I think they have gone uh, in their directions. And I can say that it has been a success, honestly, when I look at it. How have you been feeling about them working solo on their own projects? I think what you normally get with that is there's always going to be the one or two that are more successful than the other. And and then there's going to be the one or two that are maybe don't drop solo projects. And then there's going to be the one or two who's like, uh, guys, let's just continue with what works. Let's get back together, together as a group, you know, so to speak. I kind of feel like Saudi Soul, in a way, needed the individual creative direction, but uh, probably just realized and money might have a, a chance to play, something to play, play a part in this because when the finances also get tight, you will default to what you know makes you the most money. And regardless of how successful they are individually, they're more successful as a group. In a way, I was hoping this would happen, and I'm not too surprised that it's happened. Yeah, because I think they're better as a collective. I think uh, individually, MJ as well, that I, I, I have been observing. And um, if I'm being honest with you, Albums like uh, Savara's um, Savage Level and Fancy Fingers, Father Studies. These have been Mm. albums that, you know, I think to me, every time I listen to them, they just have that timeless nature to them. But then again, if I go and listen to Chimano's Heavy is the Crown, it is a very unique body of work. At first, I was 
like trying to gauge it. I'm, I'm listening to it. I'm like, okay, what exactly am I listening to? I'm listening to disco 80s vibes. But this EP only made sense to me when Beyonce dropped Renaissance. And I got to connect that music to the music that is heavy is the crown. And at that particular mm-hmm. point, knowing that there is this thing called the ballroom culture had me all over the place. And I was like, this is what Shimano was trying to do with this particular record. And his execution of it was just madness. And I like had like this profound respect for what he did in that particular uh, uh, album. And even if I go back to BN and Aaron Rimbui, Boldman Anthem, it is also a very interesting project, you know, because BN and Aaron are very two close and good friends, uh, having worked in the past together. But then having them in this very short EP, but just having them there, having vibes, creating music, for the fun of it, of course, enjoying it in the, in the, in the, in the, in the grand scheme of things. It was really a nice dynamic to watch. I even had reached a point where I was, th- I was thinking, are these guys going to go back together and music and make music together? Like, is it going to be the same after here? Because it, it felt like they really can go their separate ways and still make music that, we can all enjoy. Of course, given some of the members mainly play roles like writing, you know, given BN and uh, somebody like Ben Soul, but production-wise, Fancy Fingers and Savara are really like well-versed in those in those areas. Yeah. You see, that's the thing. These guys are so unique um, in what they give Saudi Soul. And all of the, the albums have been beautifully done uh, but my argument then holds the music is too musical for commercial success for the most part. It's music that, you know, like um, serious, uh, almost like uh, uh, music heads that are into musicality, they're going to appreciate it and they're going to be like, yo, this is beautiful. But are these the records that sell? No. That's why you got to get Saudi Soul back because Saudi Soul sells. That last part, Saudi Soul sells. Yep. Saudi Soul sells. That's where the money is. That's the cash cow. <laughs> Let's move to the Southern part um, where you have done a wonderful breakdown of what Casper Vest did last week. And that is dropping his track, Barnabas Stout. Which is, by mm. the way, an, an amazing track, has crazy log drums, and those drums to me are quite special. Let me not get too excited about this because watching the video that you did put so much into perspective. And if you don't mind, please, I would really, really love for you to break it down to the listener today. What really happened? Till Casper Neovest dropped Barnabas out. I'm just going to say that guy is a genius, man. <laughs> so, all right, quick breakdown. So Casper dropped a teaser video of the track, right? And the clip that he used is like almost like 
the intro part. And it was like a small part of the song, which is not even the best part of the song, whether you look at the beat or the delivery. It was just, eh, you know, it was it was kind of lukewarm. But that's not, not, not what the song re- really sounds like. And people were up in arms like, oh, this is whack. This is terrible. Um, you should quit rapping, blah, 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 blah. And then what does Casper do? He takes down the clip. And then after a few days, he starts dropping new clips, but this time he's at some show. And he basically said, um, he kind of puts put like a caption on this tweet with a video. And he said, fans boo Casper Nuevest at, at show while he performs Banaba Stout. You click the video and nothing like that happens. The fans are actually singing along and they're catching the lyrics. And you're like, wait, this song is not even out. How do these fans even know this? And it was just like, this guy is a marketing genius. And then, you know, more people call for him to be, to, to quit music and blah, blah, blah. Then he puts out another tweet and he's like, you know what? I'm going to quit. I'm, I'm not going to, I'm going to quit music for um, a little while. I'm not going to release Banaba Stout for 24 months and it starts starts another buzz and people are like oh damn so Casper really feels like this song is whack so he's not gonna he's gonna work on it or whatever the case may be and all all of this was just part of the game he was basically building hype for this song and here we are um, the song got released like three, four days ago, somewhere there. And the video came out then too. And it's it's just taken off. And it took off because he's a marketing genius. He played the, the, the audience brilliantly by making it seem as if, you know, he's going to quit and he's not going to release the song, but he was just creating hype for it until it just became this thing. And now... Everybody, at least in South Africa, for the meantime, they're singing the song. And whenever a guy sees a beautiful girl, what's the first thing that comes to his mind? Because basically what what it means is like, oh, this girl's beautiful and curvy. And yeah, he's a genius, man. Casper is a genius. Can we say that Casper is the only person who can drop with WizKid on the same weekend now? Yeah. He can because he can leverage the low, his local market better than any artist um, on the African continent can. Casper is a hype machine and very few artists, very few artists uh, that I know of can do what he does. And he's got a different level of energy compared to most um, musicians when it comes to promoting his stuff. He's confident in his brand. He's confident in um, what he gives his, his, his listener. So when it comes to that, you can't like he, he knows his value and he promotes it shamelessly. I wish more artists did that. And he has his concept coming uh, on uh, December. Yeah. Yeah. December 3rd. Crazy, crazy, crazy runs. Oh, this guy, this guy is onto something, but he's a marketing genius. That's what I like about him. Um, he doesn't, he, he doesn't listen to anybody else. He keeps going. Yeah. I'm just going to plug yeah. in the video here. Uh, 
And if you really want to see this breakdown that MJ has done on Casper Newvest Barnabas Stout video, just go to his channel in YouTube at MJ Wemoto. That is MJ space Wemoto. And you'll find it up there. It's the very first video. It is. It has a caption that says, why Barnabas Stout by Casper Newvest is going to be a smash hit. And just listen to how beautifully that journey Casper Newvest has taken towards releasing this particular song. And I think you're going to be enjoying that. Don't forget to subscribe and to turn on your notification because MJ does this every now and then. There's really no um, set time, but every time he drops, he drops some beautiful, beautiful gems. So MJ, as we are going to close, um, we have had a very nice time today. What have you been enjoying yeah. so far uh, over the weekend? Listening to? Ooh la la. I was waiting for this. <laughs> it um, is here. I, we've had some good some good drops. Uh I will start with um one of my favorite artists, Tanto Wavy, and we've spoken about him before. He dropped um he dropped another song called Mbira Zakondo. It's fire absolute fire you need to listen to it i was listening to another zimbabwean artist hilsey he dropped um an 11 track project called in the building uh so if you like trap soul you enjoy this one and of course our boy focalistic he dropped his ghetto gospel album i haven't had a chance of listening to ghetto gospel album but i think I, i'm just gonna set some time and listen to it yeah i've listened to a few tracks and it's actually pretty pretty dope I haven't listened to to everything, but um, in true Ama Piano fashion, it features like a uh, hundred and fifty people. So <laughs> that is a um, number. <laughs> but um, but uh, yeah, it's 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 pretty dope. Where else have I been listening to? Obviously, Loj dropped um, Canada with Maporisa and Kabza, which was nice. Yeah. Did you see, did you see the artwork by the way uh, of the of the song? Yeah, I checked it out, which is like the the passport page. Yes, but there is something there is something <laughs> written at the very uh, left corner of that particular passport. It's like coded words. Really? If you get some time, just read those, those, those words. They're very tricky and nice. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I didn't even I didn't even think about reading those. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's that's so dope. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, what? like, um, I started listening to, uh, East African female singer by the name of Njeri. All right. That's from Kenya, right? Yeah. But her album uh, is from like May. I was sent a link by, by Thaka. So I was listening to that and I was listening to called Luminara, which is fire. Absolute fire. And on that particular note, I'd like to close uh, today's episode. It has been a pleasure to have you, MJ, on uh, this week's session. And as always, uh, I've loved your company. I've loved how we have tried to break everything down to the T. And I'd like to give you a chance to say goodbye to our listeners again this week. I knew you were going to do this, but uh, you know what? It's been a pleasure. Um, I actually like it uh, that we do this, even with the controversial takes. I just hope nobody hates me for it. But um, yeah, that's life. Otherwise, to everybody that's listening, thank you uh, for always 
tuning in. Um, we love your support. And from me, peace. Day and day. <laughs>